This is the Wellness Puzzle Podcast with Andrew Jobling, author, speaker, educator, entrepreneur, and AFL player. Join Andrew as he continues his lifelong journey as a student of human behavior. This podcast will help you live your passion, explore your potential, step into your power, and embrace your possibilities. Your possibilities. Possibilities. Andrew Jobling, the Wellness Puzzle Podcast, and hello. It is fabulous to be back here for another week, and I hope you're ready for a high-energy podcast, that's for sure. This week, I'm talking to Sean Bell. Sean Bell, when I first spoke to him, it's interesting when we get into this podcast, you'll have a bit of a chuckle because he said to himself, I'm not really a runner, but this is a man who has run marathons. Not only has he run marathons, but he's run 50 marathons in 50 days. He teaches people how to run marathons. He is on the verge of doing a run from Cairns to Melbourne, which is 3,700 Ks. He's found his purpose. He's found his calling. He's using his running to inspire people to chase their dreams. He's using his running to raise money for great causes. This is a really amazing conversation. This is a young man who's found his place in life and he's in a zone, loving what he's doing and making a massive difference all around the world. So you're going to love this. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Sean Bell. Sean, hello. Hey, Andrew. How are you going? Good, mate. I was just saying before we started recording, it's a shame this is audio only and not video because if people could see you right now, mate, they'd be incredibly impressed, especially the women that are the fashion gurus because you're wearing this beautiful bright red top and you're matching your microphone. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, unintentional, but I'll claim it. Claim it. I'm sitting here in drab grey. Well, I'm matching my microphone as well, but it's certainly not bright red like you. Thanks for taking some time to chat. No worries at all, mate. Looking forward to it. I am too. I really am. You're a unique dude. (laughs) You really are. I remember when we spoke for the first time and you have run marathons. You're planning this crazy ultra marathon, which we'll talk about. You've got a website called Sean Bell Runs. You have got a business called First 42, which you help people run marathons, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So we help people run their first 5K, 10K, 21K and marathon. But ultimately, for most people, a marathon is a bucket list item. So business name is First 42K and we look at it as it's a journey to running a marathon. Yeah. And what I love about this whole thing, mate, when we first spoke, you said you declared that you're not a runner. Okay. (laughs) You've run marathons, you've run ultra marathons, you've got a business called Sean Bell Runs, you now train runners and marathon runners, but you're not a runner. Mate, I actually don't remember saying that. You, was you it? Know, I wrote it down. Look, I'm showing you this, mate. The first what? thing I wrote down on this piece not of paper run. was you said, I'm not a runner. Oh. Now I've thrown <laughs> you off a little bit, haven't I? But if I can remember, it was less about the running and more about the journey, more about purpose. Yeah, I think probably if I said that, what I meant by that is what started out for me is just running a 15K fun run and loving that and then running my first marathon and loving that. Like It's amazing how it's unfolded into this journey where through running and just following my passion, it's actually become my career. So you know, now I'm proud to have First 42K and I share that with business partners who are my personal running coaches. And you know, these boys, I wouldn't be who I am, wouldn't have achieved the feats that I have without them. So that's incredibly special. I'm a keynote speaker to schools and corporate audiences and and obviously share my story about running as well. So, you know, running has given me so much and I'll always give back to running by giving my all with every session. That's awesome, mate. And on your website, 
right on the homepage says helping you chase your dreams now and be the best you can be, which is awesome. So, mate, let's dig into this. You don't consider yourself a runner, but you certainly are an achiever, that's for sure. Tell us about how this non-running sort of career started for you and what you've done, because you've done some incredible stuff, and then we'll talk more about what's coming for you. But tell Mm. us how it all started. Well, I think just to clarify, that might have been a bit of a mistake for me. I do call myself a runner, but I think, as I was saying, it's more the journey. I think a lot of people are very quick to label other people and say, oh, no, you're you're just a runner or you're lucky. That's just what you do. It's your natural talent. And so I like to see myself as more than that because I don't want running to be my only identity. You know, I want to be someone that can inspire others to be the best that they can be in whatever field that they are in and whatever they love to do, whether that's art, music, science, you know, whatever it may be. So that's probably what I meant by that. But No, mate, I get it. And I won't say it again. But I mean, I'm the same. I've got eight books, but I don't consider myself a writer. Like, it's the same thing. We've got a message. We've got different ways we get our message out and we take our purpose and we fulfill that and we create, I guess, a ripple effect of impact on the world. And the way you do that is through your running. Yeah, it's partly as well, because you and I, while I'm sure I'm speaking for you here, but you're very grateful for the journey you've had. It's that you don't see it ever as like, yes, you're fulfilled, but it's never ending. It's a never ending journey of trying to be the best you can be and trying to help others along the way. So if that's the goal, if it's trying to be that little bit better every single day and help as more and more people, then that's just part of your journey. It's not you know, who you are, it's something that you've done, but you're always, you know, continuing to improve to help others. Absolutely, mate. So let's get back to how it all started. Yeah. So for me, my running journey really started because I guess growing up, like a lot of people, it was just something that I did to feel better. You know, when when I felt stressed or sad, I'd put on my runners and have that immediate change and feel a lot better in myself through um, changing your physiology. And it became more than that. So Uh, I was a very, very keen footballer from a young age, like so many boys and girls. I had the dream of playing AFL and I played for the Vermont Eagles. So from when I was six till I was 19 years old and running was very much something I just did on the side and preferred to run with a footy in my hands. And um, no matter how hard I worked at footy and, and really did give my absolute best, my dream didn't work out. And I found myself at 2017. So I was in the under 19s. I was the captain of the Vermont Eagles under-19s and we went undefeated, didn't lose a game, won the grand final. So really, it's like the pinnacle, I guess. When you look at football, to not lose a game, to win the premiership and be the captain, and I wasn't quite as fulfilled as I had been in previous years. And I think that probably had something to do with the fact that the year before, so when I was 18 years old in 2016, I had a friend and footy teammate pass away in his sleep. His name was Joey. He was healthy went to bed and he didn't wake up. And to this day, the cause of his death remains forever unexplained. And, you know, it crushed me, it crushed all of my teammates. And it really just put, I guess, life into a completely new perspective. We couldn't fathom how that was possible. And it just changed what life meant. So that I guess the biggest thing it taught me, as hard as it was, it taught me that we must chase our dreams now and be the best we can be because life is so precious. And so if you're not doing what you love, then why not? Like we we have limited time here. And so, you know, chase your dreams, do whatever it is that you love to do. And so with that in mind, I guess, you know, when he passed away, naturally I was going through a pretty hard time and struggling and um, that loss of identity and all of that loss of direction of the future. 
But one thing I, I happened to do was run more. And as I said, I think that comes back to just running to feel better. And so when I was in those states, I'd run more and more. And then I thought, all right, four months later, after he passed, I'm going to sign up for my first fun run. And that was a 15K fun run, the city to see that they have in Melbourne. And then following that, it was the next year I went back to play footy. And as I said, was the captain. We won the flag, all of that. And I sort of thought I didn't love it as much as I had in previous years. And that number one lesson that I learned when my mate passed away, you have to do what you love. So if it's no longer footy for me, I'm going to run in the Melbourne Marathon and see what happens because that 15K run was so special for me. I remembered back, it was only 11 months before the marathon. I thought, I don't know if I'll be able to do this, but let's give it a crack. And if I fall in love with it, then maybe it'll be a new direction for me. So with the thought to run a marathon, was that a considered one where you prepared and trained and did all the preparation or you just said, no, I'm going to run a marathon? No, I did do some preparation, definitely not uh, an ideal amount of preparation. And like so many people that run their first marathon, I didn't have a coach or mentors or a nutritionist or anything like that. And I found it a really hard spot for me to be in because the marathon for me was three weeks after our footy grand final. So here's me and I've got that identity as the the captain of the team. I've got to be the one drilling everyone to keep focusing on footy when truthfully, when we had a buy round or we'd won the first final, so we skipped that. uh, Sorry, we finished on top of the ladder. So we skipped the first week of finals and then we started in the semifinal the second week later. I went and did a 25K fun run and, you know, had my mates known that, I would have copped a lot of shit. So it was a really tricky position to be in. I did some long runs. I think I did a 20K, a 25K and a 32K. But considering what I know now, you know, I didn't really have the right prep going into the marathon. And I just thought three weeks after the grand final, I want to give this a go and and let's see what happens. So tell us, mate, a marathon, 42Ks is a long, I struggle to drive 42Ks these days, particularly after being in lockdown and not driving anywhere. So driving 40, oh my gosh, I can't drive 42Ks. But running it, where are the spots where it hurt the most? You had to dig the deepest and you really had to do some work mentally and emotionally to get yourself through? Yeah, it's a great question. I think a lot of people talk about with their first marathon or just marathon running in general about hitting the wall at around that 30 kilometer mark. And it didn't quite happen there for me. So I'd got through that 30 kilometer mark and felt pretty excited. I'm like, it hasn't hasn't happened yet. It might not happen. I might get through this. And then uh, it was around the 38 kilometer mark. So in the Melbourne Marathon, there's a gradual climb up the tan. And so that's thankfully not Anderson Street Hill, but around the back near the Shrine of Remembrance. And it's a gradual climb that goes for about a K and a half, two kilometers or so. And I started to cramp up 38 kilometers in and mentally I knew that I was close, but it was physically. I just, because I hadn't had the proper nutrition, all the things that I know now, I didn't carry gels during my run. I literally drank the Gatorade and water on the side and that was it. So I was cramping, I had no sugar in in my muscles and I was really struggling. And then it's amazing what happened next. So this runner sees me, starts putting his hand on my back and pushing me up the hill saying, come on, mate, we've got this. You can do this. There's only 4K to go. And he saw that I was cramping. He saw this lady, this generous mom and her kids were handing out Zupa Dupas, those icy pole sticks on the side. And so he ran over, gives it to me. All of a sudden, I started to feel better because, you know, I just had literally no sugar. Yeah. So I had a Zupa Dupa sort of limped my way over to her and said, that really helped. Can I please have another one? She gave me another one. I smashed it down. 
And it was enough for me to finish that marathon. And I always talk about that experience because for me, you know, 38 kilometers, there's still four to go. That's a long way. And you know, had those two angels not been there, who knows what would have happened next. I might have, you know, this journey of, of what I've gone on to do since may never have happened. I might have gone back to play footy because running's too hard or, you know, I just don't know. So I think that moment for me is is such a special moment. And I always tell people that one because so many people think that running is a individual sport. And I correct them and say running is very much a team sport. You need the Zupa Dupas. You need your Zupa Dupa support team with you. So everyone write that down if you're about to run a marathon, Zupa <laughs> Dupas. That's a time where you can actually justify having a Zupa Dupa too. Absolutely you can. Yeah. And, you know, now there's so many races that I can do and that I look forward to, but the Melbourne Marathon will always hold that special place in my heart. So I literally, for the last few years, ever since that first marathon, have gone back to the 38-kilometer mark with mates and we hand out Zupadoopers to the other runners. So yeah, if they're cramping, we can pay it forward and, and get them home. That's awesome, mate. Hey, let's have a quick break and we're going to come back and then talk about then what happened after this initial marathon. And obviously, it sparked inspiration within you to do what you're doing now. So we'll be back shortly. How do you rate the most important things in your life? For many of us, long life and joy are high on the list. Important elements we can't buy, but the secret to attaining them is elusive and out of reach for many. Andrew Jobling has tackled these important questions in his book, The Wellness Puzzle, Living a Life of Joyful Longevity. Andrew solves the problem by teaching the seven pieces to optimal well-being. This is a must-read. Find out more about The Wellness Puzzle and Andrew's other books at andrewjobling.com.au. Running a marathon is an incredible achievement on its own. I've said to myself for so long, I've got to run a marathon, I've got to run a marathon, and I've just never done it. I mean, running, I just don't enjoy running. I did it playing footy, as you do, because you want to get the ball, and the only way to get it, you've got to run faster than the bloke that you're (laughs) against, so you've got to run. It's almost like you default to running when you're playing sport. But when it comes to just getting out on the road and running and running and running and then cramping and pain and everything else comes with running a long distance, what about it works for you? What about it gives you this high that keeps pushing you to do more and more? Yeah, that's another great question. I think for me, running just, I say it to people and it's quite hard for them to understand, but running brings me back to me in many ways. It's sort of like where I feel my most alive. And, you know, a lot of people talk about their flow state when they're, they've found their thing. And for me, that thing is running. So, um, you know, I just feel on top of the world. It's like a meditative experience as well when I'm running, just that feeling of pushing my body and mind and trying to be the best that I can. So yeah, it's a journey that I think will always be one where I'm trying to push and, and be the best that I can with running. I want to, in the future, look towards other endurance events as well. Like uh, I'm not a strong swimmer. I'm not a strong cyclist, but would love to do Ironmans and those sorts of things in the future. But I think, yeah, really since my first marathon, it's been four and a half years now of my life that I've dedicated so much to running. And as I said before, it's given me so much back and I'll forever be grateful for what running, yeah, what running is. Awesome, mate. So since that first marathon, what happened? What have you done since then? And I know it's culminating in what you've got planned for this year. What happened? Yeah, so about, I don't know, a week or two after the marathon, I gave myself a bit of time to recover and I thought, 
you know, this is what I'm going to do now. I'm not going to play footy anymore. I'm going to just dive deep into this. So I ran my first ultra marathon 60Ks about six months later. And again, still didn't have a coach, still didn't really know what I was doing. But then I set up this big goal and I actually publicly said that I'm going to run around Australia in 2021. So that's a huge thing to say you're going to do, but I truly believed that it was possible for me. And so I said, I'm going to honor my teammate and I'm going to call the journey jog for Joey and I'm going to do this in 2021. So I announced that in May of 2018. And so I said to people, look, I know that sounds crazy and it's a few years away, but I'm going to do something first to give myself And you guys that believe in me, the belief that this is possible. So I said, I'm going to run 50 marathons in 50 days. And I was then able to achieve that just 15 months after my first marathon. 50 marathons in 50 days. I think you hear that and it doesn't really sink in, right? I don't know if people listening to that, they haven't really quite grasped what you just said. 50 marathons in 50 days. I think I spoke to you when we first spoke. There's a guy called Tristan Miller. He ran 50 marathons in 50 weeks, traveled around the world doing that and wrote a book about it called Run Like Crazy. And I thought, wow, that is crazy. You know, a marathon a week, when do you get time to recover? And you've done 50 marathons in 50 days. That's one marathon a day. Talk me through the mindset around that, mate. I mean, how do you possibly, A, make a decision that's what you're going to do? Number two, how do you get up the day after you've just run a marathon and run another one? And how do you do it for 50 days and still are able to walk at the end of it? Yeah, well, I think to be able to walk at the end of it and be so strong is a testament to my coaches. So Jace Cronshaw and David Jones, I wouldn't be who I am without them. And that is, you know, the truth. I think prior to September of 2018, I was still winging it. I was doing it by myself. And that meant that I had 16 weeks or four months under professional coaches to be able to get myself physically prepared. But I think mentally is, you know, just as big of a challenge as as the physical body. And maybe more. Maybe more, yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, I did something which I'd never done before, but gave me so much power. And so I share this as part of my goal setting workshop that I do uh, with other people because whatever it is that they want to achieve, it's our reasons why. And if you have a strong enough why, you will find a way. And so I actually wrote a list of 10 reasons why I must run 50 marathons in 50 days. And, you know, it was reasons like number one, to honor my friend and teammate. Number two, to raise money and awareness for the Compassionate Friends charity. Number three, to bring my community together all the way down to number 10, which was to empower others to chase their dreams and be the best they can be. So I had this list and I would look at this list every single morning. So when you're fatigued, you you wake up, you want to roll back over and go back to sleep or watch Netflix. You don't want to run a marathon. Looking at that list straight away reminded me what it was all about. And then it was just like, okay, this is what we're doing now. Let's just get up, roll through the morning routine to get into this run and go from there. So it was quite a big thing, but I think you can tap into an incredible amount of power when you have such a strong reason why. And so did you just get up and run 42Ks from your house every day? You did it on your own. So it wasn't an organized event that you entered. You just ran 42Ks. Well, sometimes there was other people that ran with me, but no, none of them were official marathons in terms of, you know, like the Melbourne Marathon, for example, um, which is an official event. So they were unofficial by my watch, just by my Garmin running that distance. And I ran the majority of them where I live in Vermont, in Melbourne, uh, eastern suburbs of Victoria. But I also ran some a bit of everywhere. So I ran some around the Tans, some around 
in Rosebud, some Torquay. So I sort yeah, of yeah. just got around to enjoy it even Mixed more. And, yeah, and then was able to run with some people. And it's interesting and really cool that you mentioned Tristan Miller because he was someone who I met on day 42. And day 42 was the most special day for me or definitely one of them. There were so many special days. But running with Tristan and then I finished that day by running with the Richmond Footy Club who, you know, I absolutely love. I'm a massive Tigers fan and so was Joey. So that was 80% of our conversations together. And, you know, we just shared that love and bond over the Richmond Footy Club. And to be able to finish the marathon, I literally did the last 400 meters, their cool down lap at training with them. And that's how day 42 unfolded. But yeah, can't speak higher of Tristan and definitely encourage people to read his book. I've read that too. And Uh, He's a ripper. He is a ripper. Absolutely. So, mate, I want to spend a bit of time here because you had a strong why, so you knew why you were doing it. So getting started was not a problem. I want to know what were the things you did to keep going, to keep your mind and body going? 50 marathons in 50 days, there would have had to be a period where you thought your body just cannot keep going. So what were you doing? What are a couple of the things you did mentally and emotionally, nutritionally to give your body the strength and ability to continue to run marathons every day for 50 days? Yeah, well, the campaign was called Jog for Joey. So I think it's highlighted in the name that it was a jog. I was running at a a much slower pace than normal. So average time for each marathon was about four and a half hours. And I was doing them really, what's that, between six and six minute 30 per kilometer. Um, So by running at a slower pace, it enabled me to be, be able to eat even during my running. So that was something that my sports dietitian Chloe McLeod, stressed to me. She's like, you know, you have to eat during this run because, you know, how often do people exert themselves through hard training, not just running anything, and then at the end you're like, oh, no, I feel sick, I don't want to eat, or I just feel fatigued, I don't want to eat. And she's like, you actually can't afford that if you want to run again the next day. So, you know, I was eating constantly. And during- What were you eating? What sort of stuff were you eating while you were running? Yeah, so every day I have at least between three or four bananas, a couple of muesli bars, a couple of Gatorades, even peanut butter sandwiches. And that was all during that four to four and a half hours. So like that's crazy in itself. And then I'd come home, have four eggs on toast with the works, the mushrooms and tomatoes and spinach and all of that with a a protein smoothie. So it was just constant fuel. You know, food is fuel and uh, I needed it. And I think so many people are interested in what sort of recovery techniques that I did. Was it ice bars? Was it stretching? Was it foam rolling? What was it? And yes, all of that played a part, but the biggest thing is nutrition and sleep. And I tell people that all the time. Like I was just making sure that for me to do that, I was sleeping eight and a half, nine hours a night to get that good recovery and then go again the next day. I love it because it just shows the capacity as humans we have, the potential we have that we often talk ourselves out of. Most people say, well, I could never run one marathon. Well, yeah, you could. You know, most people say, well, I could never run two in two days. Well, yeah, you could. You've pretty much taken away all of our excuses for saying, well, can't do it because you can do it. And it's just about having the right mindset. It's about doing the right preparation. It's about doing the right things during the run and the right recovery stuff afterwards. It's possible. And mate, good on you. So did you ever run around Australia? (laughs) No, I haven't. That is yet. I would love to do that. It's still very much a goal of mine. And obviously you know, the last couple of years haven't gone to plan for anyone with COVID-19 and no one would have expected that. So things have changed a lot and uh, I still plan on doing that run, uh, whether that's 2023 or 2024, I'm not sure yet, but I am very, very committed to doing that. I think it's a 
goal that I publicly shared and, and I, I stand by, I really want to achieve. And I think Cairns to Melbourne first will be a nice warm-up too. That will be a nice warm-up, literally and figuratively. We'll talk more about Cairns to Melbourne shortly. Anyone listening to this that are getting a bit inspired and feel like they want to join Sean as he runs around Australia, you might want to contact him. You never know. You might get a, a bit of a group happening. Each week I'm on a radio show with a wonderful guy called Pablo Miller. He's in Caratha in WA and we did a podcast recently and he runs 5Ks a day. He calls it another day, another 5K and he's started to really create this momentum and this community in the little town of Caratha in WA and he's done that for almost two years. He hasn't missed a day. So you never know. He might go, yeah, I might run around Australia. You never know. He might join it. Pablo, if you're listening to this, you've got a new goal. <laughs> Mate, before we have another quick break, just tell us about you're now working with people to help them with their running. Tell us just quickly what you're doing with people at the moment. Yeah, so that really, I think the biggest thing came from day 49. So we were just talking about the 50 marathons in 50 days. I said that the last day, day 50, I wanted the first half people to run with me, like that was well open to the public. Anyone can run with me. But the last half, I just wanted to run with my teammate's brother and his best mates. And that way it was just, you know, six or seven of us and we could run nice and close and talk about Joey. And it was incredibly special. So that's what I decided to do, which meant that day 49 was the last opportunity for people to run with me a full marathon. And I had three friends, Chris, Sarah, and Dean achieve their first marathon by my side. And Seeing them go through that journey, the highs, the lows, and ultimately giving them that big hug at the end was a feeling that stuck with me. And like so many people in that big lockdown, the first one in 2020 in Melbourne, I think I was very bored. And all of a sudden, it came to me, this incredible idea, which has now evolved into first 42K. So, so many people ask me, you know, when they hear about my running and 50 marathons and all of that, they say, who coaches you and can she or he coach me as well because I'd love to run like you. And I always felt terrible because I had to say to people, no, I'm sorry, he can't. My, my coach Jace loves one-on-one and therefore he's capped at how many people he can coach. And right now he's at capacity. And so then when that lockdown happened and I had more time, I was running and when I'm running in that flow state, I'm nice and creative. And one day this idea just came to me and I was like, I've got this. If your goal is to run around Australia, then clearly you need a coach that's a tailored program because that's not what every everyday person does. But if your goal is to run a marathon on a road, well, you know, we can make that a more generic program, but be there for support. So basically, I brought together all of my experts. So my coaches, my running coaches, my sports dietitian, my yoga teacher. And so my yoga teacher does the stretch and mobility side of the program. My dietitian does a nutrition side of the program and my coaches help with the strength and the running side of the program and then I'm more the face of the company and chatting and supporting the runners so yeah it's amazing how we brought it all together and it's been a, an incredible journey these past 10 months or so we're turning one as a company on April 11. That's awesome mate well happy birthday on April 11 we know something <laughs> special starts on April 11 but we're going to hold on to that because we're going to have another quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk about what's happening as of April 11. 2022. Running a personal training or group fitness business usually means hours organizing bookings, answering missed messages, and chasing payments. Until you discover the Fiddy Trainer app, Fiddy becomes the heart of your fitness business by driving your sales. Fiddy gets you paid faster, helps maintain your clients, and simplifies arranging bookings by automating everything. 
Let Fiddy focus on your business health so you can focus on your clients. Visit Fiddy.com to download or schedule a live demo. On April 11, First 42 turns one year old. And then 60 days later, or almost 60 days later, it's your mum's birthday on June 9. Correct. Okay. So why don't you just share what you're planning to do on those 60 days between April 11 and well, June 10. What's yeah. going on, mate? I'm planning to run from Cairns to Melbourne. So Yeah, of course you are. I mean, what, I mean, what else would you do for 60 days? Run. <laughs> now, what have you coined it? Yeah, I'm going to call the campaign 60 for 60 for 60. And what that means is 60 kilometers on average per day for 60 days for $60,000 for Make-A-Wish. So when I started this journey, as I said, the 50 marathons in 50 days, I was supporting a charity called the Compassionate Friends. And that was very special. We helped that we raised $30,000 for them and considerable awareness. And what they do is help grieving families after the loss of a loved one. And I got so clear on my journey and my message and I think what I'm here for, my purpose, and that is to help people chase their dreams now and be the best they can be. And so I thought if that's what I truly believe I'm here to do, then I want to change the charity that I'm supporting. So now I'm proudly supporting Make-A-Wish and through me chasing my dream of running from Cairns to Melbourne, I'll be helping sick children to achieve their number one wish or their dreams. So it's very exciting and the uh, run is called Run for Wishes, but yeah, the campaign 60 for 60 for 60. 60 Ks a day over 60 days to raise 60 K. Yeah. So how do people give money? Yeah, if people jump on runforwishes.com.au, you'll see Donate to Make a Wish there and that would be amazing. So tell us a bit about the preparation for this because this is taking 50 marathons in 50 days to a whole new level. So you're now running effectively 60 ultra marathons in 60 days. Tell us a bit about the preparation. Tell us a bit about your support team, how you're doing it, how you're going about it. Just give us a bit of an overview of this journey just so we've got a feel for what you're about to put yourself through. Yeah, for sure. So I'm very grateful to have my best mate, Maxi. He's uh, quitting his job to be with me for the 60 days as my project manager, which is, you know, remarkable. It's uh, something I'll be forever grateful for. So he's going to be next to me or or behind me in the motorhome, rolling along behind with the big sign caution runner ahead and then, you know, supporting with cooking and all of that. And then I'll also have volunteers who will do stints. So a week or two stints. For example, I've got my physio there for the first week. So We'll always have someone there to support and ideally, you know, we'll have those people like physios or myos or all that to be able to support me as well. But I feel like as I get going, I'm okay. And that's from personal experience. When I did the 50 marathons in 50 days, I was only having a massage once a week and managing it just through stretching and through the good nutrition and sleep that I spoke about. But the first week is the hardest. And so that's just because it takes your body so long to adapt. And that surprises people because they think, oh my God, what was your body like at the end of the 50 days? And they're going to say the same thing. What's your body going to be like at the end when you're in Melbourne? And to be honest, how we're planning it is, yes, the goal is 60 for 60 for 60. And what we mean by that is on average or average distance is 60 kilometers a day when you look at the run as a whole. But the first week or so, I'm going to hold around anywhere from a marathon to 50 kilometers a day and then closer to Melbourne around 70 kilometers a day and that'll average out to 60. So I'm backing myself to get stronger as the journey unfolds and go even further. Well, I guess you're conditioning your body and you're conditioning your mind. You know what to expect. You know how the run's going to play out. I mean, you'll never predict conditions, 
but you can certainly control what you do in preparation and you can control how you do it. Also, Kansas is hot. Talking, yeah, there's a lot of heat, humidity. So, yeah, I can imagine the first 10 days getting towards some cooler climates is probably a good thing to do. So, mate, the actual distance, what is it? It's 3,700 kilometers or thereabouts. <laughs> craziness, craziness. Mate, this is just awesome. It's mind blowing what's possible. And I think if we just reflect for a little bit on what you're talking about for you, most people are going to go, well, I would never do that, could never do that, don't want to ever do that. And that's fair enough. But I think a lot of people listening to this, what I hope it does is gives them some faith and belief that what they're aspiring to or what their purpose is or what their sort of crazy audacious dreams might be, it's possible. What do you say to those people? Yeah, you said it very well there. I think to those people, it's... You know, that that common saying, you know, eat the elephant one bite at a time. It's something that you can have the vision, have the vision. I set the vision back in the start of 2018 to run around Australia in 2021, understanding that it's going to take time. And, you know, right now we're in Feb 2022. And, you know, now I'm saying I still want to do the run around Australia, but we're looking at 23 or 2024. So patience is a huge thing. And uh, I think it's just looking at your daily life and obviously, you know, everyone's got jobs and commitments and all of that as well. But in that spare time that you do have, what is it that you want to achieve? I truly believe that we can live a life or create a life by design and it never unfolds exactly how you thought. You know, as I said, in 2018, I thought this was going to be Jog for Joey and the Compassionate Friends and it's changed to Run for Wishes and Make a Wish. But I think as long as you're open to those sorts of changes and, you know, trust your intuition and work hard every single day and always have that focus on, on what you want to achieve and, and come back to those strong reasons why, then anything is possible. And, you know, I hope that me achieving the 50 marathons in 50 days at 21 years old is proof of that. And I want to inspire other people to achieve what's most meaningful to them. Yeah, mate, I love that. And you said it right at the start, you had to eat an elephant one bite at a time. And I think the biggest mistake people make is they look at the goal, they focus on the goal, they focus on the achievement, and then they scare themselves they scare themselves out of even getting started because they think well 3700 k's from cairns to melbourne oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh but it's one k at a time it's one step at a time really and if you just put one foot in front of the other and you do that for a few hours you run 50 60 k's that's so true i think coming back to the 50 marathons in 50 days i would only focus on that day it's funny people would like to you know say oh how do you think you'll feel at day 40 when it's day seven for example and i said oh don't really want to talk about it, to be honest. Just Let's just get to that next tree or that lamppost because that was how I was breaking it down. And by doing that, it just allowed me to go, okay, this is possible. Let's focus on where we are right now. And it also made me enjoy it a lot more because I was living in the moment. So, you know, that's a, a big part of it. I think breaking it down to what can you focus on on that particular day, understand that just pick it off a little bit at a time. For me, it was you know, tree, lamppost, 10 kilometers, 20 kilometers, 30 kilometers, 40 kilometers, eventually the marathon, focus on my recovery and then let's go again. And celebrate, celebrate those little milestones. And I think a lot of people, that's what they don't do. They keep going and think, oh, I've got still so far to go, so far to go, rather than go, hey, wow, look what I've done so far. Celebrate every step, celebrate every milestone, celebrate every little movement. And you talked about living in the moment. So many people do not live in the moment. They live in the past where they've failed something and they believe they can't do anything in the future or they live in the future where it seems so far away and so hard 
there's only one place we live, guys. There's only one place. And that's here right now as you're listening to this. It's now. You know, you can't do anything about yesterday and you can't do anything about tomorrow. That's a really powerful message. Make the most of the second that you're in, the moment that you're in. Be grateful that you're here and ask yourself, well, what do I do now? What can I do now? Then do it and then celebrate. So, so true. I think very well said. I think it's being grateful for what you do have, but never settling, but to be the very best you can be. So never settle for less than you can do, be, have, give, share. All of those things are so important, but also understand that it's a journey and the journey is the dream, not the destination. So if that's the case, and that was a famous speech by Kobe Bryant. And then, you know, amazingly, well, obviously tragic what happened with Kobe, but I think for him to say that and then him to pass away, you know, that's just, it really, I guess, highlights that message even more that the journey is the dream. And so true, mate. We're all here only for a short period of time. You do not want to get to the end of your life and regret and go, I wish I had. You want to get there and say, I'm glad I did, glad I gave it a go. This has been such a great conversation. Now, just remind us again, you've got a few different websites, I know, and a few different places where people can go. So let's start again with people who would like to give money to this great cause of yours for Make-A-Wish, this $60,000 goal that you have, are people starting to donate already or do they wait until you start or how does it work? Most people will donate during the run when they're seeing it unfold. You definitely can donate now for sure. And I think if people do, we're very grateful for that. Um, Some people have started, but yeah, the majority will be giving, I imagine, when the run's taking off and they're following the journey on social media and, and through media and all of that as well. So if they want to donate, what was the... Uh, sorry, that was runforwishes.com.au. Okay, awesome. And your website, if people want to connect with you? Yeah, seanbellruns.com. So that's Sean, S-E-A-N. Okay, seanbellruns.com. And First42, is there a website for that? Yeah, first42k.com.au. So if you're looking to achieve your first 5K, 10K, 21K or marathon, uh, we are the experts that will help you get there. Mate, thank you so much for your time. It's been incredible. And you probably sat down for the longest you've ever sat down for, mate. You'd be ready to go out and run 10 to 20 k's <laughs> right now, I would imagine. You know what's funny, mate? I'm actually on a standing desk right now. <laughs> of course you are, jogging on the spot. <laughs> Can't keep still. That's awesome, mate. Keep moving. That's what life's all about. Keep moving forward. Sean, thank you so much for your time. Good luck with everything you're doing. Can't wait to watch your journey as you make your way from Cairns back to Melbourne. and. You're doing great stuff, mate, so keep doing it. Thank you, Andrew. It was a pleasure to have a chat and keep up the great work as well. Thanks. Well, if you're not inspired by that conversation, I'm not sure what will inspire you. I know I'm almost ready to go out and go for a run, and that is so not me, but Sean has inspired me, and it's not about running. It's about just chasing what's important to you. It's about exploring your potential and your capacity and what's possible and not leaving any stone unturned to go after the dreams that you have in your life. And I'm sure you do have dreams, big dreams, audacious dreams, and you may have talked yourself out of them. Why not talk yourself back into them? Why not start, get clear, understand why, and start one step at a time, just as Sean spoke about. It was an amazing conversation. And yeah, wow, what is possible when you really find and tap into that potential that you have. Okay, so Sean spoke about a few different websites. If you'd like to donate some money for Make-A-Wish Foundation and the reason why Sean is doing his run from Cairns to Melbourne, you can go to runforwishes.com.au. 
If you want to find out more about Sean, reach out to him, get him to speak, just see the sort of stuff he's doing. You go to seanbellruns.com. And if you are interested in learning how to run marathons, go to first42k.com.au. All the information is on one or all of those wonderful websites. It's been an awesome conversation, a wonderful, inspiring story. And I hope this moves people to really get themselves up and off their excuse and out to chase their dreams. Thanks to Pietro and the team at Fiddy for sponsoring the podcast. They are doing great stuff to help people get moving. So thanks for that. But also thank you for sharing this podcast and helping me get my message and these wonderful, inspiring stories out to as many people as possible. Another week down, another one. Oh, 2022 is off like a cracker. Fantastic guests, amazing stories, inspiring stuff. So I will be back next week. I hope you all too. I hope you'll share this with other people so there'll be more people back next week. My name's Andrew Jobling. This is the Wellness Puzzle Podcast. Bye.